It On is a public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American communities in South Central Indiana and beyond. Bring It On is a forum for the people, by the people, produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana, and financially supported by listeners like you. And good evening, I'm Clarence Boone, and welcome to Bring It On, a multiple award-winning show in our 13th year as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting African Americans. And good evening, I'm Jim Sims. In today's broadcast, you will also hear our perspective on what's relevant in the African American world of news and local events of interest, all in the next hour right here on Bring It On. Uh, But first... Black History Month kicked off on Thursday, February the 1st. And it kind of snuck up on us this year, Jim. Um, no chance of that. Okay. Uh, this marks the 14th annual celebration. And, and, and Brother Carter G. Woodson would not be proud of you for saying that. That's right, in the shortest month of the year, too. There you go. This <laughs> marks the 14th annual celebration for residents of the city of Bloomington. There are a wide array of informative programs and initiatives to engage and stimulate all citizens of Bloomington. We are pleased to be joined this evening by Rafi Hassan, Director of the Office of Safe and Civil Cities with the City of Bloomington, and Ms. Maquiba Reese within the Division of the Office of the Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Multicultural Affairs. They are here to talk about events of interest during Black History Month in the City of Bloomington. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Happy Black History Month. Is that how we officially term it as? Or? I'm, I'm a, a person that's uh, 365. So oh. for me, as much as we recognize, uh, you know, the historical significance of February, um, I'm Black 365. So Happy Black History Month, Clarence. (laughs) Well, every day is a day for black history. Okay. Now, uh, we had the opening the other night, and one of our former Bring It On uh, colleagues, um, Mr. Eric Love, was the opening keynote address speaker. How did that go? Absolutely, yeah. So it went really well. Um, Eric discussed his activism and how he... um, how he did a lot of protesting, and then how he a- advocated for progress and moving forward. And I thought it went really well. Um, we had a nice turnout, um, as always, um, off of leg- Legacy. So I thought it was a really good turnout. Yes, and um, Proud McQueeba Reese is our chair for 2018, and mm-hmm. uh, the committee uh, uh, decided upon from protest to progress, unmasking the movement as the theme for 2018, and uh, as Laquiba stated, Eric, um, you know, spoke directly to his experiences, certainly um, being someone who has um, such a, a, you know, a, a history and a passion not only for uh, social justice but um, for advocacy, and I, I think his, uh, him being our keynote um, was just, it was fitting, so it was a nice welcome home. It, it was. And what I normally like to do, um, the hard people behind, uh, the hard work of the people behind the scenes, um, and I like to always give them a shout out. So the committee for the city of Bloomington's 2018 Black History Month um, are as follows, and correct me if I 
misspeak on anyone's name, Camille Al-Hassan. I got it. Yep. Nicole Bolden, Martha J. Chamberlain, Janessa Cummings, Marquisha Doolittle. Marquisha. Marquisha, thank you. Tyler Kelly, Treon McClendon. Treon. Treon McClendon. See, that's why you need to get here a little early and go over all these. Uh, Miss McQueeba Reese is the chair. James Sanders, and I think James did a wonderful mm-hmm. job with, 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 and not only there, but throughout a couple of events. Miss Deborah Vance and the MC, Miss Nichelle Whitney. And of course, Rafi. Um, staff with the city and Faith Chadwick are the SPIA core fellow. That's right. So hard working group. Um, and you all see William take a few minutes right now and give you all an applause. And so everyone out there can hear all that, you know, they did a wonderful, wonderful job. Um, now getting back to the keynote speaker and many of us know Eric, um, and his style and all that. And I am still amazed at, at, his viewpoint from handling issues, um, racial issues, um, relationship issues with, um, if you're coming at me hard, I'm going to hit you a little soft. Um, if you're coming at me loud, I'm going to be a little quiet. Um, and it seems to be effective for him. I've, I've never been able quite able to manage (laughs) that, that type of thing. Um, what are your reflections, um, without getting specific on everything you talk about, but your overall reflections? And I know we're all happy, but. Um, I think for me, the part that stood out to me the most was when Eric was receiving phone calls from individuals about his advocacy, right? So people were calling him and, like, leaving essentially hate voicemails. And so he just kind of discussed how he um, handled those hate e- those hate emails from his advocacy with um, getting Black History Month um, affiliated on his uh, campus in Ida- Idaho, Boise State Boise University. State University. And so one thing that he mentioned was um, as he was receiving those um, phone calls, he. He didn't stoop to their level, if if that's the correct way to say it. He didn't stoop yes. to the level. So he would um, – so if they did call him, he would say, hey, thank you so much for calling me. You know, it's good to hear from you. You make me do, you know, the work that I do even better. And then he said he stopped receiving those those phone calls. So he just, like, flipped it. And I thought that was amazing, like, the way that he flipped it because that's the progress, right? So that's the pro- progression part. Um, and, and selfishly, I work on campus, and um, many occasions I have to talk with um, fairly irate parents um, for one reason or another. So I was wondering if that approach would work um, with a pretty upset parent from New Jersey or Chicago or something. Well, Jim, with their loving, affable personality, <laughs> um, I, I think you know, it doesn't take much for you to defuse the situation. But, but one thing about Eric that I think we all appreciate is Eric's ability to not only spend something for the positive, but he takes a look at perhaps um, angles of situations uh, in ways that we don't. Um, and when there's a conflict on campus, well, I recall when there was a conflict on campus or when, uh, say, a town hall was needed to sort of hash things out, Eric always seemed to have a novel approach to it to get both sides to first appreciate themselves and what they collectively do and then kind of parse out what their differences are. But he has held a number of successful diversity summits here on the IU Bloomington campus and and a whole host of different things. And I know he's taken that to Notre Dame uh, where he's doing a phenomenal job up there. 
And knowing Eric, uh, he was an engaging speaker. Um, and for, if you have not seen it yet, from what I understand, BCAT or CAT uh, Services, Cable Access Television for Bloomington, uh, you can call and request that, or what's the process? Uh, I know at, uh, um, I believe in a few days they should have it uh, up, and it's something that uh, we'll make sure at the city that we uh, put a link for those people who hadn't had an opportunity to view it Mm -hmm. live to be able to, um, you know, certainly um, to view it online. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And and again, one of Eric's strongest uh, winning selling points is that he's also a bringing on contributor and uh, has uh, done a tremendous job with us um, seated on this side of the table as well as as a guest on the other side. So he's a resource person. And he aided greatly in those multiple awards that we won. Absolutely. Clarence alluded to at the beginning of this program. Um, We also like to take a little bit of time and and just give you guys the floor because I know we have a ton of events this month. Um, And and Rafi, I think I heard you say at one of these events that – most people are not going to be able to make every one of these. So they should just pick out some of interest and just make sure we have attendance. Um, so look, can you, um, between the two of you, just discuss some of the events that we have coming up? Yeah, so I want to definitely highlight the programs that um, the Black History Month Planning Committee were uh, influential in um, just putting putting together just some exciting programs for you. You certainly... Coming up this Thursday, we have the Black History Month Essay Contest Reception that will be hit, be held at Fairview Elementary, uh, the address 500 West uh, 7th Street. Um, and we'll award the uh, first, second, and third place winners um, in elementary, middle school, and high school uh, for those essays. And, um, again, all of our events are you know, open to the public. Um, and so if you are in the area and want to uh, congratulate um, some of our upcoming scholars and, and hopefully hear some compelling work, um, you know, we invite you to come to the event. I'll let McQueeva talk about the, um, the gala, but I want to focus on State of the City. Tuesday, February 13th, excited about this kind of being um, – first annual uh, program, and, and we're definitely going to bring it back in uh, 2019, but the State of the Black Community, um, something that will be co-sponsored with the uh, Bloomington Black Strategic Alliance. And again, um, it's important to make sure that we come out and hear about the issues that are affecting our community. And so we look forward to having um, um, uh, those people who have been um, at the forefront recording some of the uh, statistics and information about uh, how our children are faring in terms of the school system, um, what uh, home ownership looks like for uh, Bloomington's black residents, as well as um, what our economic outlooks. Um, so Tuesday, February 13th, that'll take place in the council chambers, uh, City Hall. With the, um, say, 20 minutes of remaining time that we have, go ahead and elaborate on the state of the black community for, with the forest. Uh, give us some, some highlights of the state of the black community, if you will. Well, I, you know, the, the short of it is um, 
we realize that um, there's a state of the union address and certainly um, the state of the city address, but having something... Rafi, I I was not intending for you to go elaborate for twenty minutes. <laughs> and I was he like, was what? he was about he was to about take to off. Break it down. And I said, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, because he's <laughs> going to steal somebody's thunder. <laughs> no, I think, and, and, I think uh, he was know. about to set the stage and then just move on. There you go. Okay, so I'm ready. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize I, I realized that uh, <laughs> they had me on a comedy program <laughs> doing doing a comedy segment but uh, in short we hope to see you there. Tuesday February 13th there it so, is and McQueeba you can talk I, about the absolutely the absolutely so I hope everyone um, can get if you have children please go ahead and grab a babysitter uh, this will be a fun masquerade event Saturday February 24th is our 14th annual Black History Month gala I'm so excited about it um, tickets are on sale now at the Buskirt Chumley $50 a piece and so the gala will take place at the Hilton Garden Inn, 245 North College Avenue, Bloomington, Indiana. So we have the silent auction, which will take place at 6 p.m., and then the reception and the gala and all of the events will take place at 7. So just for those that don't know about what we do at the gala, so essentially we want you all to join us for an evening of fine dining, great music, and dancing as we recognize the 2018 Living Legend recipients in the Commission of the Status of Black Males, Outstanding Black Male Leader of the Tomorrow recipients. Um, so, yeah, so come out and join us. If you have any additional questions, please contact eight one Rafi at 812-323-3020. We look forward to seeing you all come out. All right. well, and, and just a correction. So the, the silent auction and reception will start at 6 o'clock. Yeah, the same yeah, yeah, time. yeah. So, yeah, and again... Um, Tickets are going fast. I just surprisingly checked this morning, um, and uh, this will be the um, certainly like the opportunity to see um, uh, some wonderful people um, receive, you know, long overdue awards, and certainly recognizing like those uh, outstanding black male leaders of tomorrow. So yeah, get your ticket. Like this is this will be it. Who knows? We might have a women award this year. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Recognize an outstanding black woman. It's time for it. Can, can, a, can a sister drop a hint? <laughs> right. and, and that number again for Rafi Hassan? It's, it's actually 812-349-3559. Oh, I'm sorry. I did put three. that Five five nine. That's right. All right. We'll mention that again as during the show. And, and I think um, an email address would be appropriate as well. Yeah. And you can find me at safe and civil at bloomington.in.gov. Okay, and I, I will say this, um, and as a partial participant in some of these events, um, well, two things. First of all, I want to say, and I've always been proud of this, but as a, a city council member, I am extremely proud of the hard work that what we're all doing and what you are doing to to represent not only our people but this this city um, so it's hard to find any complaints um, I will not offer that but one of the things that I have missed is a little bit uh, more information on and I, I mentioned this earlier Carter G Woodson uh, and how we even came to this point with the Black History Month and how it started with I want to say mm -hmm. Negro History Negro Week. History Week that's right um, 
and and how it got on that. So we won't get into that today, and it's not a critique. Please don't accept it that way. Right. Um, but, but I would like to hear a little bit more on that. Now, of course, some folks will say maybe we could provide some child care for some of these events too, but I'm going to skirt right over that because <laughs> I know um, that, that we have some, some, some communities, um, organizations that could maybe do that in the future if it's necessary. But I will say that many of these are – um, youth and kid-friendly events. Oh, absolutely. And, and we welcome them anyway. Absolutely. Um, no one mentioned the Rosa Parks event. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of waiting to hear your, your viewpoints or your reflections on that. Well, I, unfortunately, I was, I'm actually kind of battling the cold, and I, I missed, from what I gather, to be uh, just an exciting event. Um, in my discussions with those people that did attend, they talked about how the transit center was just simply packed with with people. Um, that Dr. Uh, Gladys Devane just simply did an exceptional job in her, uh, you know, portrayal as um, you know the civil rights civil rights icon uh, Rosa Parks. And so, from what I gather, the the event and members of the public just certainly um, flooded social media with just. Um, general excitement and I think it was from what I again from what I'm able to see from the pictures an event that was attended by people of all ages so again this engagement or an excitement about history is always something that you know I'm in general um, just a fan of so yeah I was able to attend the event um, and I think that Rafi was (coughs) highlighting majority of the events that we do as far as the Black History Month committee But the Rosa Parks Day was absolutely amazing. Um, I echo what Rafi said. Um, The attendance was amazing. Like, I was like, it was mind-blowing, right? (laughs) And then Jim, Councilman Jim, had this amazing um, saying. I don't want to get it wrong, so correct me. He said, people are... um, Start over. Okay. Can you can you say what you... I can't... I I meant to write it down, but... Jim, don't keep us in in, suspense. In essence... um, and I am really, really glad because there was children there and a lot of folks, and they seemed very, very receptive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in essence, um, and, and in lieu with, with some of this latest election and all the other thing, and I just really wanted to emphasize the point that the power is indeed in the people. Yes. And that is greater than the people in power. And that resonated um, with me. It, it, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Um and again, it's hard to complain, but I'm telling you, when that place is packed with folks, one sheet cake is not enough. <laughs> oh, <that's> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and while we're on that, and I'll let you all continue, but I want to give a shout out to Mr. Lou May, the general manager of Bloomington Transit. Um, and, and as I alluded to in that little speech, um, I, I was meeting with him talking about other stuff and bus schedules and funding and his, his vision. But he had this vision and has had it for several years. Um, so it just came off, and I was very, very pleased um, with how it came off and how well received it was. Um, and he offered free bus rides for the entire yes, day. Yes, I, I think that was amazing. I've known Miss Gladys Devane for I, I don't mm-hmm. know maybe thirty years, mm-hmm. but man, when she walked in in costume, you had to take a double take. I mean, from all the research yeah. and things I've done, it, I mean, it, she looked amazing like Miss Rosa Parks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that did. was amazing. She did, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it, again, I, th- I think, you know, certainly in thinking about our theme um, and, and thinking about the many ways that, 
you know, Americans of African descent have just simply taken to mm-hmm. um, protest. And again, some of the things to, to paraphrase what you said, uh, uh, your remarks at the kickoff, um, as well as a press release that it's not done um, because, you know, they, they like to do it. But it's a, it becomes a recognition of simply how to, um, you know, right an injustice. And I think um, the simple action of refusing to uh, give up her seat. Um, and for some people, um, how they take, um, you know, to pen and pad and write lyrics within the song. Um, for people like Nina Simone and, um, you know, how uh, 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 the late Gil Scott Heron, the mm-hmm. same thing. Again, I think thinking about our theme um, and seeing how many events that are taking place within the community, you know, have in some ways reflected that. So, I mean, there's just so many exciting things. And I think when we begin to think about not only, um, you know, Rosa Parks Day, but some of the things that Neil Marshall Black Culture <coughs> Center has coming up with Nike yes. Wakanda, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you have to get excited. There's there's so many different things. Um, they have another event uh, about hair politics. Um, and again, you know, there's the different ways that, you know, again, Americans of African descent have had to find their voice um, and, and get a message through, not only just simply, not only for their forebears, but again, this is about a human transcript. This is right. about telling the story of freedom, not, you know, something that tran- that's something that certainly transcends race. <clears throat> and going back to something you stated earlier, Rafi, about uh, celebrating Black History Month 365, uh, I have to, to give uh, uh, an endorsement to the No Marshall Black Culture Center in that year-round. Uh, they have done a great job at just promoting, preserving, and, and raising the awareness of black culture and the history and bringing in speakers and having events uh, to gather the public and to celebrate black history, this, this thing that we en- endear ourselves to called the black experience. Uh, there's, there's an event here on Thursday, February 8th, and, and to let our good partners at uh, Ivy Tech uh, have have a moment here. There is a mining the trust gap, police violence and its effect on citizens' trust. It seems like a compelling topic uh, to draw people out to. Of course, that will uh, be sponsored by, by Ivy Tech. It will be at the Ivy Tech Community College in Shreve Hall, 200 uh, Daniels Way, Bloomington, Indiana, from 2 to 4 p.m. on, on this coming Thursday. Can you speak to that at all as far as uh, what that will entail and, and what uh, people can expect? Well, Janine Bell, um, she is um, a national, nationally recognized, um, you know, as one of the leading minds in terms of uh, discussing the issues of race and criminality within the law. Um, will be um, serving as the keynote for that event. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's an opportunity for um, people to begin to understand how specifically, um, I guess I, I, I'll say a, a different way of looking at um, the relationship um, that African Americans have had um, in terms of you know uh, you know policing and um, criminal justice. So I think um, anyone that'll be there is in for a treat. Mm-hmm. Janine is a, a personal friend. But, um, you know, as a scholar, she's she's got one of the, the, the sharpest minds that, Excellent. you know, I've engaged. So 
uh, you know, those that have tuned in to Bring It On in the past will, will remember that Bring It On has routinely invited law enforcement re- representatives to come on and talk about that dynamic that at times that over the past three to four years has been very tense. Uh, and they bring a perspective, of course, representing law enforcement that uh, we welcome. And we've had others on to, to share from the black perspective and other um, marginalized groups in America, their perspective, and it's been sort of a, uh, a very interesting and, 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 and enlightening dialogue. But this promises to be something that you don't want to miss uh, all of these events, and, and we're not, this is not necessarily a call to action, but it's a, it's a call to your awareness raising. Uh, you know, get out and avail yourselves to a lot of these events for the month of February, again, the shortest month in the year but nevertheless an important month of the year. And, and, and if I can short, just briefly add, I think, um, you know, we recognize an empowered citizenry mm-hmm. and informed citizenry is, is much better than a demoralized citizenry. That's right. That's right. Um, demoralized citizenry tends to, you know, uh, react very quickly um, to situations that are out there versus, um, you know, being informed about a lot of these issues. And I think, Um, When you have a community like this, I mean, certainly having a major institution like Indiana University, Mm -hmm. but seeing so many of the different programs, Mm -hmm. again, that are taking place in some of the churches, at the libraries, Um, there's a discussion, um, you know, on Wednesday, uh, Queer Talk at the Monroe County Public Library. So, again, I think Mm -hmm. when you think about these, the different spaces where you're able to engage, um, you know, members of our community that represent a cadre of organizations and perspectives. I think, um, you know, it's it's an opportunity again, especially if they're free. Right. Hey, go out and at least listen to some of the things that are happening. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think I could argue uh, with my co-host who said this is not a call of action. I'm going to take the opposite tack. I think this is, in fact, a very strong call go, go to mob. action. Go mob. Go there mob. There you go. Yes, now. Um, for the benefit of our listeners, we are joined again by Rafi Hassan, who is the director of the City of Bloomington Safe and Civil Cities Department, and Miss McQueeba Reese. Always a pleasure talking with you. And she is here with us from the Office of the Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Multicultural Affairs. Um, and I'm going to and, shoot. And the 2018 chair of Black History and Month the Planning 20, Committee. Thank you very much. See, they didn't put it on here. So I, thank you very, very much. I'm going to throw this toward you, too, a little bit. Um, from the standpoint of the city that we're in and, and its acceptance or we profess to be progressive and, and liberal and, and uplifting of mm-hmm. all. Um, and I think you're the newest person sitting in this room hey. from that regard. Yeah. Um, give me your thoughts on that. How do you feel about a, a city like Bloomington? Um, and you've been some other places as mm-hmm. well, but tell us your viewpoint of that. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> my experience with the city of Bloomington, so I've been here for eight years now. Um, so I started off uh, in 2010, so I was a, gr- a student uh, through the Group Scholars Program, which I work for now with the Diversity Equity Cultural Affairs. But um, so I was a student first, and then now I'm in my grad program, and I was able to be under the leadership of Beverly Calendar Anderson as her intern. And so I saw a lot of different things. Um, uh, politically and also in the um, in IU's world. And so I think for me, I allow myself to get outside of IU so that I can actually conceptualize what was going on outside in like the bigger world, right? And so I remember when Mike Brown was gunned down and uh, murdered and how I felt um, um, 
I felt unsafe. Like I didn't want to be around a police officer. You know what I mean? I didn't I didn't feel safe at all. Excuse me. Um, and so I remember talking to Beverly about that. And I was like, you know what? I don't I don't feel safe around the police officers anymore. Right. I'm just like, but yeah. they're here to protect me. And so we just kind of we just we talked through that. Right. We talked through how I felt and those microaggressions and that and how I felt about that. Right. And so I ended up doing a ride along with a police officer. His name is police um, Elliot. I believe his name is Elliot. And I had an opportunity to just really hear his his stand his standpoint and how he viewed what happened with Mike Brown. And we really had a good conversation in the car. And it was really vulnerable and it was transparent. And uh, that opportunity allowed me to see two perspectives, but not to miss out on my voice because I still had a voice of being angry and upset um, and very passionate. And I think that that was really what got me even more passionate about being involved um, for black lives, right? And so um, Ellie and I, we had a really good discussion. And I think that... um, as far as the city of Bloomington, I can't speak for everyone, but as far as the city of Bloomington, I do feel there's a sense of progression. Um, do I think that there could be more? Absolutely. Yes. But hearing Mayor, um, hearing our mayor talk about um, how he wants to talk, how he wants to help out with the microaggressions, and he's he actually says those says that in his speeches um, is very um, is really good for us to hear. Because as black people, we can be hyper-visible, invisible, invisible at the same time. So I feel like we're more um, visible and we're uh, more heard and receptive. And our information that we want to discuss is more um, prominent. Like the Rosa Parks, like even listening to her um, during that, um, the opportunity to listen to her, uh, listen to that speech, um, it just really helped to elaborate on how we're moving forward, like progressing forward. Um, but I can't speak as far as all of Bloomington, but I do think right. that we are moving in a, in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, we're taking those necessary steps, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes plenty of sense, and I'd like to throw that over to Mr. Rafi about a minute um, because he does have the expertise and he does have the vision to see everywhere yeah, that you absolutely. can see. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so wow. same, same everywhere. thing with your standpoint. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, Bloomington continues to – be a place where, um, and I'll quote my director, um, you know, Beverly Callender Anderson, um, that things can happen, that things can get done. And I think, you know, w- when you look at a city, I think like any place um, in the United States, you know, um, we're no different in that there's a history of of racism. There's a history of dehumanization. Um, what you want oftentimes is acknowledgement of that history. You want to make sure that it's not just acknowledged simply by um, you know, ordinary people, but people in positions of power. And like McQueeva stated, um, you know, it's something that Mayor Hamilton is very much so aware of. Um, having a department like the Community Family Resources Department and being able to work with um, underrepresented groups, but also people that are trying to get involved and trying to help. And I think um, knowing that we have a space, and I'm talking about, you know, I guess we're in, in Bloomington in the 21st century, um, and it's February, and we are um, unapologetic and talking about a number of issues that, you know, happen to our community, or happen, um, you know, to our community nationally, mm-hmm. and and understanding how that impacts us locally continues to be something that, um, you know, we can never take for granted. Um, the public demonstrations are one thing, but I think also um, looking at making sure that um, we are continue to. We're continuing to identify those people whose voices are continuing to be um, silenced for whatever reason and making sure that we extend that franchise um, 
of citizenry to everyone. And I think as a space, um, you know, Bloomington has a lot of things that are going on. This is not one of those towns that, um, you know, you, you want to get with people that complain. You want to get with people that are doing things and actively mm-hmm. out there, That's true. Um, you know, trying to not only talk about things, but put things together. And I think um, being in a, in a place in a space like this during this particular time, during this particular uh, administration in Washington is something that um, you definitely want to see. Absolutely. Let me piggyback on that and in the remaining time that we have, I'll, uh, I'll yield to you on this response. Uh, the city of Bloomington is now in its bicentennial That's observation. Correct. And are there efforts to celebrate the black experience over that course of 200 years, and if you're able to talk a little bit about that and how it sort of dovetails with Black History Month, so a little bit. Again, I'm a part. I'm I'm a part. I'm proud to be a part of a group of of uh, people that are based in the community, including the, the NAACP, Jim Sims, Liz Mitchell, and working with um, uh, a number of historians um, and people that are historically minded at IU and attempting to um, try and attempting to try to. Um, recover um, and highlight the experiences of black folks within the city. Um, the Monroe County History Center? Yes. Right. So we've got a number of projects right now that, um, you know, we're just doing a lot of un- uh, a lot of work to recover um, the narrative, and, and we're looking at trying to host an event where we are able to have some huge uh, photographs of uh, Americans of African descent um, here within the city, um, you know, publicized in some of these historic areas. So, yeah, it's 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 exciting stuff. So, and I'm and, proud to be around folks that not only that don't just talk about it, but they be about right, it. Right, right, mm-hmm. yeah, that, absolutely. And now that also dovetails with your 365 day observance of Black History in the city of Bloomington. And it's good to know that those pictorials and that history will be promoted. Yes, Maquiba. Um, Yes. from the university side as we sort of wrap this up anything you want to leave for our listeners oh wow you put me on the spot um <laughs> so first off i'm a newbie with bring it on and i think that it really uh highlighted the fact that i need i would like to be more um involved with bring it on honestly um with all of the um different things that we discuss here but the only thing that i would like to close is look out for there's a ton of events coming up we do I echo what um, Jim mentioned is that we we anticipate you all coming to these events and really getting out there and um, supporting uh, the individuals here in the Bloomington community, the black folk, black, black and brown people in, in Bloomington. So please come out and show your support. Um, unmasking the movement is definitely something that we're continuing to do um, all across the board in Bloomington and all throughout the world as well. So. And and I don't think our listeners just understood this, but we have just recruited Maquiba Reeves <laughs> to work with Bring It On. We thank you for that public, very public uh, request, which has been accepted. So okay. welcome to the team. We okay. will be in touch with you. You okay. heard it first here at 635. <laughs> and before we um, end bring this segment on. quickly, Rafi, can you thank the sponsors that, that were the power behind the, the programming? Oh, absolutely. Again, um, just again, our thank you to the City of Bloomington Community and Family Resources Department, City of Bloomington Office of the Mayor, Dr. K. Luke Eads, DDS, Indiana Civil Rights Commission, 
Indiana University Office of the Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Multicultural Affairs, Ivy Tech Community College, Lumina Foundation, Old National Bank, the Sydney and Lois Eskenazi Museum, Museum of Art, Indiana University, our event sponsors, Griffin Realty, I. James Torrey, and Ms. McQueen-Reese, uh, Indiana University Credit Union, um, the Order of the Eastern Star, Southern Star Number 50, and uh, the Prince Hall Masons, Stone City Lodge Number 54. Again, thank you so much. Um, without their support, none of these programs would happen. Um, we are ever so grateful, and thank you for having us. And we're so thankful for our committee. Teamwork make the dream work. The committee put All in right. the work. <laughs> and right. a big shout-out to the Jim Sims Foundation. Now, our thanks to Rafi Hassan, Director of Office of City, Safe and Civil Cities with the City of Bloomington, and Mokiba Reese with the Division of the Office of, of the Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Multicultural Affairs, and working directly with the Groups Scholars Program, which will be celebrating uh, their 50th uh, anniversary in uh, 2019. And we look forward to some having Mokiba back. Of course, she'll be back long before then. <laughs> And they were here to talk about events of interest during Black History Month in the city of Bloomington. If you have questions, Rafi Hassan is the individual to reach out to. To reach him, directly send him an email blast at safeandcivil at at bloomington.in.gov. Again, safeandcivil at bloomington.in.gov. And the phone number uh, for Rafi is 812-349-3559. Again, 812-349-3559. Three five five nine. Are you done? All right. <laughs> Thank you very, very tremendous. Bring It On has an open submission policy, so if, if you have an, an idea for this program, let's hear it. Send an email to our volunteer staff, and that address is bringiton at wfhb.org. We just want to make sure we share everything and anything affecting the African-American community with our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond. The email address, once again, is bringiton at wfhb.org.
This song came out in 1968, and this is 2018, so roughly 50 years ago. We are still in a ball of confusion. However, you just heard the song Ball of Confusion by The Temptations. Our hearts were saddened to learn of the passing of group member Dennis Edwards on Thursday, February the 1st. Edwards, who joined the iconic Motown group in 1968 in the wake of David Ruffin's firing, was the prominent voice on enduring Temp's hits such as Papa Was a Rolling Stone, Ball of Confusion, That's What the World Is Today, and Cloud Nine. He remained a staple of the core group through the 1980s and in the 90s, formed a splinter act that eventually toured as the Temptations Review featuring Dennis Edwards. All right. To keep up with local news and find out what's happening behind the scenes at WFHB, you're invited to like the WFHB Facebook page. Go to Facebook.com and search for WFHB, or you can always visit the WFHB News website at WFHB.org slash news. Bring It On is Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African-American community. Here on WFHB 91.3 FM and live on the web at WFHB.org. For Bring It On, I'm Jim Sims. And I'm Clarence Boone. It's time now to give you the latest perspective on the people, news, and issues affecting the black community. And we'll start off tonight with what Jim just reported that uh, Dennis Edwards uh, the voice, the lead voice you just heard on Ball of Confusion uh, died last Thursday at the age of 74. And this comes from station KTVB.com. And uh, the, the Detroit singer whose gritty electric vocals led the Temptations into a new phase of their career, 
died at a Chicago hospital last Thursday at the age of 74. A Motown Museum representative confirmed Edward's death, and the singer lived in the St. Louis area, and the St. Louis Post-Dispatch reported that he died of complications from meningitis, for which he was initially hospitalized last spring. And my heart is very heavy, Martha Reeves, from Martha Reeves and the... Vandellas. Vandellas, thank you, sir, told yes. the free press, I feel like I've been hit by a sledgehammer. And Reeves said that she and fellow Motown alumni such as Mary Wilson had heard that Edwards was hospitalized, but the details have been hard to come by. We've been praying that he made a recovery, Reeves said. We should all be in a better communications with each other because we're family. Former Motown songwriter and A&R chief Mickey Stevenson recently saw Edwards during an L.A. visit and the Temptation singer was getting a cold but otherwise appeared was getting a cold but otherwise appeared normal Stevenson said through the years that works was defined by his boundless energy on stage and off Stevenson said here's a guy who could jump up sing and dance at any given moment like there was no end and which was a good thing he was always trying to keep things on the up he was energized and kept a smile on a fa- on his face as reported by Stevenson now, one of the things that I look forward to in the Super Bowl is the ads, um, in particularly when my beloved Colts are not playing. <laughs> However, uh, th- this one was particularly egregious to me. Um, Martin Luther King's family slams the Ram truck brand for using his speech to sell trucks in this most hated Super Bowl ad. Martin Luther King's family has spoken out against Ram's ad that heavily quotes the civil rights activist. In a tweet, the King Center, a memorial to Martin Luther King Jr. run by his family, said it did not approve the ad because it's not the entity licensed to do so. King's daughter Bernice retweeted it. Sapna Maharishi Wari at the New York Times reveals that Ram approached King's estate about using King's speech in the ad, which quotes a speech on greatness and service. And I quote, Recognize that he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. That's a new definition of greatness, King says in a voiceover during the commercial, which depicts military members, football players, and other workers before cutting to shots of Ram's truck. Are MLK's words really being used right now to sell cars? Nicholas Thompson, the editor of Wired, wrote in a tweet on Sunday night. Many others chimed in saying they felt it was inappropriate for Ram to use an iconic civil rights speech to sell vehicles. The commercial ends with the Ram's tagline, Built to Serve. Ram didn't immediately respond to Business Insider's request for comment, and I really truly hope that they don't tarry and comment. I I would really like to know their, their, their position. Well, you know, I, I couldn't believe it. Clint. I, I couldn't mean, either. I heard the, I heard the quotes, and you look at it right in this month, and then, you know, you, you just and you look up and you see this big ram emblem on a truck, and I'm like, oh no, they didn't. Yeah, oh yeah. But well, you know, ram deserved to be slammed. There um, you go. People are probably asking, what's wrong with the Cavaliers? And Eric Garcia Gunderson reports that it shouldn't be a surprise given the history between LeBron James and Cavaliers owner Dan Gilbert, but it is nonetheless notable as the Cavs try to find their way out of a dark place. The Cavaliers have gone 6 for 11 over their last 17 games, most recently losing to the Rockets at home by 32 points 
And not only have they been underperforming, but they also appear to be falling apart on a personal level. And reports have suggested that the Cavs are open to making moves to improve their team, but they are simultaneously unwilling to make moves that would hinder a rebuild in a post-LeBron future. Post-LeBron future. Hmm. In a Monday appearance on the Low Post, ESPN insider, insider Adrian Wojnarowski, I'm sorry, and I, and I hope I'm not destroying that, uh, said that he believes that the root of all Cleveland's dysfunction is the dysfunctional relationship between LeBron and Gilbert. And that, and that that has amplified all of their existing problems, causing cliques to form that divide what's supposed to be a united locker room. And I'll jump ahead in this story. So you have players against players, coaches against players, front office against coaches, but it all starts with a divide between LeBron and Dan Gilbert, one that it looks more unlikely can be, can be bridged with three days left until the trade deadline. All right, and that's in the East, so if I can get the Celtics to do the same thing, then my Pacers can do some good. And yes, I'm a homer. Yes, I'm a homer. Go ahead. <laughs> that was a look at African-American headline news from around the world for this week. Tune in again next week for the latest news on and for the African-American community. We want to know what you think of current black issues, so send your comments to Bring It On at WFHB.org. For Bring It On, I'm Jim Sims. And I'm Clarence Boone. You're listening to Bring It On, Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African-American community here on WFHB 91.3 on your radio and live on the web at WFHB.org. Million miles. 
just heard Cloud Nine, our second iconic selection from The Temptations. The late Dennis Edwards' lead vocals are featured on that selection. Again, we are saddened to learn of his passing on Thursday, February the 1st. It's now time to bring you the events of interest in the black community for bringing on. I'm Clarence Boone. And I am still Jim Sims. Go ahead and lead us off. Well, what I would like to tell everyone is that we have many, many events, and there are some brochures um, throughout the city, and particularly for the city, for campus, for Ivy Tech. Um, so grab one of those and, and do all you can to get there, and we will highlight a few of them. Um, some of them are WTIU, and they have Black History Month specials on um, the majority on several days this month. One of them is, um, if I can get down to one, on this evening at 10 p.m., Independent Lens number 1909, um, entitled Winnie. This, this acclaimed Emmy Award-winning anthology series features documentaries and a limited number of fiction films united by the creative freedom, artistic achievement, and unflinching visions of their independent producers. Independent Lens features unforgettable stories about unique individuals and communities and moments in history. This series is supported by interactive companion websites and national publicity. Um, a big part of that, I think, will be many Winnie Mandela and, and some of the other um, icons that we're going through. Many. Why does many want to come out of my life? Miss Winnie. Okay. On Thursday, February the You're having too much fun, Clint. I, I know. I know. We, we talked about this during <laughs> our conversation with uh, both Rafi and uh, McQuiva. Uh, mining the trust gap, police violence, and its effect on citizens' trust. Again, this will be held at Ivy Tech Community College in Shreve Hall, 200 Daniels Way, Bloomington, Indiana, from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., and again, there's no uh, cost for admission. They, they use a range of uh, sources, including interviews with blacks and whites, news accounts, and public opinion data. Uh, this talk explores views of police behavior by Americans of different racial and ethnic backgrounds. And IU Mar Maurer School of Law professor Janine Bell is a nationally recognized scholar. We had the opportunity to talk with her uh, yes. about a year and a half back. Yes. Is a nat nationally recognized scholar in the area of policing and hate crimes who, uh, who has written extensively on hate crimes and criminal justice issues. And those who that attended the um, Martin, Luther King, Martin Luther King Jr. breakfast on campus this week understands that she has a very comedic and socially provocative son named W. Kamal Bell. 
No, no, no. You're thinking of Janet Cheatham Bell. Oh, Janet Cheatham Janet, Bell. Yeah. Who, who, who is our person here? Uh, this is uh, Janine Bell. Janine Bell. Yes. I just love to be corrected. Thank you uh, so know, very, man. very much. Anytime. Thursday, February the 8th, the Black History Month essay contest with um, Mr. Rafi Hassan um, described earlier. That will be um, at Fairview Elementary School, 6 p.m. in the corner of 7th and Rogers. And that's Thursday, February the 8th. Also on Friday, February the 9th, the 2018 Knowledge Bowl for the Culture Game Show at the Neil Marshall Black Culture Center. Uh, it'll be from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, loads of fun there. So watch how you students compete for prizes at the Neil Marshall Black Culture Center in the 2018 Knowledge Bowl. This coming Friday, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And jumping ahead, while this will occur next Tuesday on the 13th of February, um, there will be the State of the Black Community, which again we highlighted uh, during an, uh, the most recent interview with Rafi and McQuiba. It'll be in City Hall Council Chambers, 401 North Morton Street, here in Bloomington, 5.30 p.m. The admission is free. Now, this event will feature a coalition of organizations discussing education, economics, and the criminal justice system on, uh, as they relate, rather, uh, to the black community, and refreshments will be served. And I think that's about all the time we have for the upcoming events. And we'll, of course, uh, share more as we go from week to week during Go the month of February. this month. There is enough to last. Our thanks to Rafi Hassan, Director of the Office of Safe and Civil Cities with the City of Bloomington, and Maquiba Reese, uh, who's with the Group Scholars Program that's uh, within the division of the Office of the Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Multicultural Affairs. They were here to talk about events of interest during Black History Month in the City of Bloomington. Our show's producer, of course, is Mr. Clarence Boone with help from WFHB News Department Director Wes Martin. Our board engineer is Chris Martin. Our original theme music was created by Mr. Jamil Effium with additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I'm Jim Sims. And I'm Clarence Boone. Tune in next Monday, February the 12th at 6 p.m. for another exciting edition of Bring It On right here on your community radio station, WFHB. You've been listening to Bring It On, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Bring It On is your forum for open dialogue on the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American community in South Central Indiana and beyond. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Bring It On staff. The email address is bringit at wfhb.org. That's bringit at wfhb.org.